0: Welcome to Church Sound Podcast, where a black t-shirt and a frown are our mandated uniform. I'm your host, Samantha. I'm an audio engineer and an editor with Pro sound Web, as well as a lead instructor for Church Sound University. This episode is sponsored by Digico, providing the mix for worship sound. Check out their newest release, Quantum 338, and all of their house of worship solutions at digico.biz. This episode is also sponsored by Klang, the home of immersive in-ear experiences, Discover 3D monitoring and all of its possibilities at clang.com. This week, Chris Leonard is on. Chris is the director of audio at IMS Technology Services in Pennsylvania and a co-host for the Signal to Noise podcast. He just recently shared some photos with me of him mixing sound back in his teen years, And without completely outing him, the photos looked like grunge music was just starting to hit its stride. (laughs) So let's just say he's been doing this for a little while. Uh, You know, he's been on tours with all different kinds of acts, including Josh Groban, Tears for Fears, Fantasia, and Anthony Hamilton. Chris and I have gotten to know each other over just this less than a year now uh, when he joined the ProSound Web team. And it's honestly been such a pleasure to have you join on. So welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So House of Worship, you know, you don't have a huge list of, of House of Worship experience, but you do have some. Uh, so even though a lot of your work is in the secular world, tell me more about your journey and your experience just in the religious sector.
1: Yeah, actually, I would beg to differ that I have a ton of House of Worship experience. Um, oh.
0: Well, not on your LinkedIn, you
1: know. <laughs> No, not on LinkedIn. No, I, you know, uh, my LinkedIn is more from the uh, I, I, I guess it's never wor- formerly worked. At a church, um, it's all been either volunteer or you know part time work or whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, in terms of like full time employment, yeah, most of it's either you know the rock and roll corporate stuff that I've done. But no, I mean house of worship is where it started for me. Um, I mean, you know, most people who have heard me talk or whatever, the joke is that I've been doing it since I could walk, right? Which obviously, mm-hmm. you know, it's maybe not quite that young, but like literally, yeah. uh, e- ever since I was a kid, you know, I was putting gear in the back of a station wagon with my dad and doing shows. Yeah, uh, and that a lot of that started in church so like we grew up um i grew up initially in like a somewhat large southern baptist style church um and then maybe like i don't know uh, and and we would we would have like a big um big production every year for like easter um that would be we would bring in extra lights and sound for and stuff and i was always kind of running around helping out with that uh, as my dad was running sound. Um, and then around fourth grade or so, we left and joined more of a non denominational church that was like kind of a startup. I, I actually, That's
0: a big jump from going to yeah. Southern Baptist to non denominational.
1: Yeah. And it was so, it, you know, it was a handful of people who who had left that church and mixed up some other churches and, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's funny. My dad, my dad walks in and takes us in there for the first day. And they're like, Hey Chip, you know, can you, uh, can you run sound? And he's like, uh, yeah, I, I guess so. And it's like this little eight channel, like PV head, you know, um, and mm-hmm. like two speakers yeah. on sticks. And like the next week, uh, we ended up bringing the gear to the church and, For the next, I don't know, six years, we were loading in and out every Sunday, uh, everything Mm. from, you know, middle schools to high school gymnasiums and stuff like that. Um, And so like, I literally had been, you know, gigging at church since I was a kid. That's definitely where I learned it all for sure.
0: Yeah, where you cut your teeth. I think a lot of, you know, my listeners can probably relate with that. That's just a lot of what and who the, you know, House of Worship and Church audio techs are, are people who sort of just kind of accidentally fell into it or their parent did it or something like that. And then it's six years later and suddenly, you know, you're, you're wanting to do all this and more and it's just a wild ride.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I ended up, ended up doing a lot of other, like, which I think anybody, you know, even though this is a church sound podcast, I am pretty sure anybody who's doing sound in church has also at some point done another discipline within the church. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, I know that was true for me since my dad was, the primary of the sound guy at least for sunday mornings i ended up doing everything else so you know i was doing lights or you know you know back when um you know before um uh you know we had these nice fancy computers we literally had overhead sheets of music that you would have to like <laughs> scroll yeah. up with your hand at the right time and put the next the next verse on the next sheet on you know and then Man. it then it progressed to uh, easy worship back in the day um and the you know it was well before purpose propositor <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. so doing video doing lighting uh and then like when the youth service would come around you know i i ran for the youth service and uh audio for the roost youth service um and uh and then you know my dad uh some guys in the church they had a, a christian blues band um and we were out every weekend gigging with them and then it's funny uh the piano player from that um was my best friend he started a band once he became of age, like in high school. So I started mixing with him doing, you know, more Christian concerts and stuff. And so that was Mm -hmm. like a second generation of kind of doing the same thing. So yeah, I needless to say, like, it's sound is pretty much all I've ever done.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You were born and bred for it. Absolutely. Uh, on your note about easy worship, <laughs> I tried like using it for, I think like the first time a few weeks ago and compared to pro presenter, I like must've looked like a toddler because I was just like poking around. I was like, I don't know what any of this does. Do I double click this? Like, how do I, what makes this go? Like, yeah. is this a video? I can't, I don't know anything about it. And I'm, I've been years in pro presenter.
1: I haven't seen it in 15 years. So I have no idea what it's actually become uh but i mean like it was a big deal that we had like at one point there was a big update and we had animated backgrounds it was like the our minds were blown you know what i mean yeah. like it was yeah. it's it was pretty rudimentary back in the day before that we had to do powerpoint for every song so like you yeah. would have to like before the service you'd have to order your songs like verse chorus verse or you know, whatever the order it was mm-hmm. and get your whole deck in line like it was a lot of editing involved on sunday mornings
0: yeah People, I know a lot of churches that still use PowerPoint and it's Ugh. very painful. And if it's, you have no way of seeing beyond the next slide, like you, yep. you can't get a whole show view and that's what hurts so much. Yep. Oh, graphics. Um, so let's, we've got a lot of topics listed that, you know, we may or may not get to, but cause we could probably talk, we could probably do this for several hours do it. And, and not finish everything. <laughs> um, but, uh, let's kind of start with, let's see. Um, all right. Hey, this is a good one. So let's talk about consistency across multiple services and kind of blending, uh, mix and and SPL, but also just making sure week to week, the services are staying consistent or not even just week to week, but literally, you know, the 9am service to the 11am service that things are staying as consistent as possible.
1: Yeah, so that's a big one. So, I, you know, I know there's a lot of churches who maybe only have one service. Uh, the, the the church that I, I work at now currently has three services. Um, and so, you know, but it's the same band, same songs, the same set. It's just, you know, uh, just different times because the, the the seat capacity of the building that I'm in right now is about 450 people. And they're at almost, you know, 80% capacity at each service. And so they just have to, you know, add almost more services. Um mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's it's definitely something where, you know, some people, their approach might be, okay, well, if people are coming to the 9 o'clock service, say the first service or the 830, whatever it is, um, maybe they want a little bit quieter because they're not awake. Um, but at the same time, some people, they're just choosing to come that early because they want to miss the, the middle service, which is always like the peak service, right? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I've, you know, I've had a conversation with our, our worship pastor, and we, we want the same experience no matter which service you come to
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um and so it's you know i'm not that can be
0: hard especially if there's like multiple people mixing or different volunteers like uh, circulating that is very hard
1: Absolutely. Um, and so so one of the ways over the past year that I've tried to look at that uh, is really from an SPL standpoint. And I know, you know, SPL isn't necessarily going to tell you um, the quality of the sound, but I can, at least can tell that I'm consistently hitting the same level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I've gotten heavy into um, smart SPL uh, and, the, and the timeline and watching my LEQ. And we don't have to go on the whole details of, of SPL. There's that's a whole of, thing. That's a whole thing, right? But like, it is a massive tool that has literally changed the way i mix on sunday mornings um yep. and uh and like i'll literally I'll, I'll i'll do an spl timeline pre for each service and then i'll like screenshot them and see how close i was from service to service again doesn't tell you nice. how good it sounds but it can tell you how consistently at least from a level standpoint you did right yeah um and that that was very very important um both you know the worship director he wants to uh at least, at least ours he wants to like i said have that consistent um for lack of better terms, uh brand, right? Experience, right? When you when you come to X Church, like we are about this. This is how we sound, this yeah. is how we feel, right? They want that, you know, if you you know, we have a lot of first-time visitors like every week, right? And so you know, you never know when somebody's experienced something for the first time. Uh and you want to be on your best game, your best um presence each time. Uh I I think some of the struggles with that are you know we're human, right? And so if you're a church, where like even us, the current church I'm at, we we've only been in this building for a couple of years. Prior to that, we were still loading in every morning at 5:30 in the morning, mm-hmm. right? So like you're you're tired, you're you're not awake, you're spent, right? So like sometimes giving it your all at that 9 a.m. service and you're not awake yet, you know. And that's not just not just for the um, musicians, that's for the text too. Like you have to make sure that like you're in that mindset. You got to prepare for that. Um, and, uh, so sometimes maybe musicians aren't quite there and yet you got to kind of mix and massage that or, um, yeah. you know, at the church that we're at, um, you know, we have a, a rotating door of musicians of all different levels of, you know, some are just all I have ever played is in church. Some are like full-time musicians, um, and it's never the same band, right? Um it's you know so uh you're dealing with you know some people are less experienced those are really experienced yeah and and making that be consistent from week to week is a challenge both on the worship director side and from from my side you know that's where it goes back to it's a very uh dynamic um it's a mix you know it's not uh you can't just go oh here's our preset for sunday mornings and go with it like it no no, no right. like there is like Active mixing involved. It's not just oh, here's our bass EQ, right? And and then and then you're good to go. No, no, no. no. Like everyone's bass is different, you know. Um, yeah,
0: and everybody's ears are different. And like you said, the musicians are going to be playing different if they're not just straight up different people every week. But I think the best route to aim towards is talking with your worship pastor or your worship leader and figuring out what they want it to sound like. Either getting a recording or. Recording a couple of the services and pick one that sounds the closest to the goal. Have everybody listen to that and say, okay, this is our target now. This is what we want it to sound like when Mm -hmm. we play this song or do this. That way, no matter what, everybody's going towards the same thing. And that can take a lot of the work out.
1: Yeah, that's actually. I've had uh, numerous discussions with our worship director around that, and I actually had him make you know Spotify playlists that he passed around that says like, okay, it, we, we've yeah. had a, we've had a lot of um, conversation of like, what is our sound, right? Like, you know, if you go to um, you know if you go to any band, you you say, oh, well, Foo Fighters sounds like this, right? And the Ramones sound like right. this or whatever, right? So like, as you know, at the church that I work at, Valley Point, they're like, what what when someone comes here, what do they? Experience what can they expect right um, and that's very hard to define um and uh, especially when everybody has different terms to um to express that so yeah. I, I had to make some some I said look like I need to know from you what 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 it is that you, what are you trying to pull out of this what are, what is it that you're trying to emulate right so he made some playlist of hey uh for this mood or this whatever I you know we want to sound you know something like this or experience like this um and it was it was it was a big deal to kind of go through that and at both from a tech team and from a worship team um and you know cuz let's let's face it uh, churches are glorified cover bands right um <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah i think that is technically not a, a bad description yeah
1: right um you know but there's 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 truth in in, in comedy in there right but people kind of still want to have their own sound but at the same time like you know people typically the songs that they uh like hearing in church are the ones they're hearing every day on the radio like or caleb. Listening- yeah caleb or like or their spotify <laughs> playlist. and so like right, right. they have a level of expectation of what this is supposed to sound like um and you know, uh, you know something else I had put on here when we were talking is like you know preparing yourself for um, songs that maybe you don't listen to on a daily basis, but you have to mix for. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Was it was it was a challenge for me? Um, I, you know, I don't necessarily like all of the songs that we do on a week to week basis, not because you know I think the, the lyrics are bad or the music is bad. It's just it's just not just something I would listen to daily, right? Yeah. Um, and so for there was a period of time where like. I wouldn't do any prep work coming into a service like I wouldn't go into planning center and listen to all the songs that, you know, were listed for that week, I would just show up in rehearsals. And then I would find myself lost sometimes where like, we're in the middle of rehearsals, and like our worship pastor, he's like, hey, I'm not hearing this, I'm not hearing this. And I didn't realize I had it buried right mm. in the mix because i wasn't expecting to hear it right? Uh, right or i wasn't you know and had i actually done that homework better and listened to it a little bit more regardless of how much i liked the music or not um i could have presented better what it is that he was trying to convey across
0: yeah listen to it a couple times take like three or four notes about something that sticks out to you or think that you think is important and then take that with you when you go mix rehearsal or the service like just have it nearby
1: yeah. No, it, it was, it. it's, it, it's, it's a big, it's a big deal for sure. Um, and um, yeah, it's, you know, and then the mix of, um, you know, mixing in tracks with that. Right. So most, or I say a lot of churches nowadays are used some form of tracks yeah. um, and uh, you know, it, it, you know, people have different opinions. Uh, people use different amounts of it. Um, you know, some of I it. I like is, them
0: a lot when yeah. used appropriately. Uh I don't like the mix to be like drowning in it, except, I mean, if it's a really spacey song, I'll I'll let it sit there. But there's, that can be very complicated. I think people might want to do it more, but have no idea how to sort of get started with it. So maybe you can give them a couple of tips
1: yeah you know it's uh it's tough some of it's going to be de- dependent upon uh, the technology that you have um a lot of people use like ableton um as their playback source um some people are just doing a, st- uh, a stereo left right uh, of, of a blended mix of things other people are like mm-hmm. actually breaking it down in multiple stems I-, I wish we had um more inputs on our console and everything to be able to do a lot more breakdown of the stems so i can control yeah, it more um but we don't and and i imagine most churches don't have the ability to do that so you're left with a stereo you know a stereo stem coming off this thing that you know if not blended well um is tough and so we we spent a good bit of rehearsals um actually playing through those tracks and making sure that whatever little nuances whatever little additional sounds that he that um he wants to have come out of there that, that 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 they're heard um otherwise you know i find sometimes i'm sitting there you know i'm sitting there riding that that track channel all night all all, all service long and it's like i just don't feel it should be that way and that's where you know um and we've talked a lot about this on the singleton noise podcast but like relationship matters right so like i need to be able to have a very frank relationship with my worship pastor uh director yeah. whatever you know whatever your title is your church um and uh that it, hey if i'm not getting what i need or if he's not getting what he's need i just need to call it out call it what it is you know yeah. like and and it's a struggle for me sometimes i'm not a musician um and so uh sometimes there are things that i hear I have a hard time describing them, you know. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, yeah. I I can't say, oh that that B flat note or whatever it right. doesn't sound. You know, it's like no, no, no. Like I'm like, hey, that like 808 hit in the middle of that track is just destroying the whole thing,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: you know. And then he has to kind of go back and manipulate it. So it's a it's a very, um uh or if there's just somebody's somebody's playing something on stage, like I'm not afraid, you know. Again, this was built over time. I'm not afraid during rehearsals. Be like, hey that solo he's doing like it's just not cutting through or hey it's like shrill you know i i can eq it here but maybe we should maybe just play it a little bit different or the tone of like uh, piano piano is the hardest thing for me um uh, hmm. uh, i think in worship in that there's like there's this break point of like it's either like um cutting right through um and being almost in your face and sometimes it's just buried yet a lot of these songs obviously are built on piano and like the yeah. mel- melody is there and so if the tone or pad or patch that they're using is not is not working well for the house you got to say something you know what i mean uh yeah. and i'd much rather have that conversation and have them adjust it at the keyboard than me sit there and try to like crank on the eq all for one song
0: yeah no i've talked I, I feel like i talk about relationships and um, how you work with people on this podcast. It's got to be at least as much as I talk about the tech stuff and the nitty gritty, because like you said, it's just so important. Um, And so just wanted to say that I'm I'm with you. I'm glad you guys are. I wasn't sure if you guys were talking about it over there. So I'm glad you are. The soft skills are make or break. Um, But then with all these pads, uh, pads and tracks and stuff like that they make great transitions between songs so it's not this like clunky weird pause uh, while people are switching their capos or changing sticks or whatever it's just this little you know something there it, the, it's filling the space a little bit gives people a chance to take a deep breath maybe sometimes they pray or the worship leader will pray over it, it they're great tools
1: yeah, I, you know, so I, um, speaking of the transitions, that was one of the things a couple of years ago, you know, we're sitting service to service here. And, um, you know, I, I do a lot of shows outside the church. Um, and, you know, part of part of doing a show, it, it, I know church is in a show, but nonetheless, it's an experience, right? Like you're, you're, there's, a, there's an emotional connection, there's a feeling. Um, and part of that is managing um just managing people's, uh, you know, emotions through that. Right. And so Mm -hmm. if your transition from song to song is just abrupt and there's like dead space and nothing, you know, filling that, like you could really kill a moment, you know? Uh, And so I, 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 I'm asked the question, I'm like, Hey, again, I'm not a musician. Right. And so I was like, Hey, is there a way for us to have some type of like, can you just give me on like my iPod or something like that? You know this like drone track or or pad or whatever that like I can just kind of massage in for transitions between songs they kind of just keep keep the atmosphere there right
0: um, yeah exactly. and
1: and, um, and so we through some discussion after a few weeks we thought about it and so with um, with Ableton what we did is we they created these um, I called a drone you can call it a pad you know it's just this uh, very synth um sound that kind of waves back and forth is the best way i can describe it it happens to be in the key that you're in for that song right that that's definitely a, a key part yes. of this uh no pun intended there it's very uh, important
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um and so like uh so we have this drone drone channel uh that we call it drone uh and i'll use that to basically massage so as long as it's in the key of the track uh, you know, if it's sitting in there with, with, um, uh, with the song, it, you know, it's low enough in the mix that it's not necessarily part of the song, um, but it can be. I'll, I'll ride that in between transitions. So, like, if the song has some space at the end and he wants to pray or while well, they have to change tuning or change guitars in between tracks, there's, there's, there's never dead air. Uh, Mm -hmm. and I think it really took our services, um, and experience to a new level, um, to have it be like smooth, uh, you know, that transition that just, it's all about not distracting people, you know, as soon as you distract someone to take them out of that element, uh, you've lost some of that connection. And like, you know, depending on your worship service, you might only have three songs before the pastor comes on. That's, you know, in the reality of things, that's not a lot of time to create this, um, this connection atmosphere, atmosphere, right? Like you've just walked, you know, you, you know, you you just drove, uh, you know, you just had to drag your kids, get them signed in. Uh, you've barely had your coffee and all of a sudden you're supposed to be in this magnificent headspace and worship, right? Like that, Mm. like let's face it, we're humans. You, um, it's very hard to get there. So we have to be very intentional with the experience that we are delivering and, 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 and creating, so that people can get there and so if you just continue with that distraction uh someone's not going to get there and um so that's that's you know i, I know i'm talking a lot i'm sorry uh <laughs> oh
0: no i'll i'll definitely tell you to shut up if it becomes a problem
1: <laughs> um but there you know the, uh, the other thing that i feel very strongly about is um is reading the um audience uh or your yeah. congregation you know um in that um if you if you can't read the congregation and sense where they're at in the moment and and i mean i'm sure there's going to be outliers right but like in general you know like if you're in a church people raise their hands typically and they're not raising their hands you're probably doing something wrong right Right. or you know or just in general people aren't singing and they're used to you know you you you'll you'll learn your congregation right um and and this goes for non-church stuff too like um you have to be connected with these people who are experiencing this thing. And like, if you start seeing like their faces are like, uh, you know, things are unpleasant or they're just not connecting. They're not singing. Um, there's a good chance you're doing something wrong. Maybe it's the vocals can't be heard or you're not, your mix is just not, uh, enveloping them and creating this experience. So that's, that's definitely a big thing that I, I, I hold close and take very seriously.
0: Yeah, I've been in uh, bands before where we'll play for hours in a, in a single evening. And if the transition in between songs is clunky or weird, you can feel the people in the audience like disconnect and you just lose them. And it it hurt to like be near them, you know, in front of house or what have you and just watch them leave mentally. And so, you know, with a fraction of that time, you got to do everything you can to keep that And especially when something as important as people trying to find a a spiritual connection, like you don't want it to be weird or, you know, the big word we've been using is distracting. Like you don't want it to be, you want them to just be able to be there and be present.
1: Yeah. uh, Yeah. Or another word would be be transparent, right? I mean, it's, um, you know, and it's, you know, uh, there are church you know the the, which mixing at a church is no different necessarily than mixing you know another band uh in some ways in terms of like you know a good mix is still a good mix right it doesn't want to be harsh you know but like there's just another element to and i really think the what matters most really is are those transitions you know um and not making like you know maybe not going crazy on vocal delays which is you know not easy for me it's the one instrument i get to play so sometimes i like to just you know go at it and then it's like oh okay that's probably too much you know like <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um but like you know again you're you're part of uh creating this experience and uh if you are taking away from that uh you're in the wrong you know this you're, yeah. you're you're not you're not making an album here where you get to just make all these artistic choices no you're you're part of and this goes back to that conversation with the worship director of like what um, there's de- look, there's definitely times where like there's something within the mix or the way something sonically sounds I might not actually agree with but yeah at the end of the day that doesn't matter right like it sh- or it shouldn't and, and I've had to wrestle with that of like you know because half the reason why I mix is you know yes I want to give back and I want to be a part of the church but like look straight up I just enjoy mixing right and so I want to mix the way I want to mix uh, and sometimes the way I hear it is not the way uh, the artist or the church or or whatever wants it to be translated. And so I, I have to pay attention to that.
0: Yep, absolutely. So we've got a couple notes also here, you know, mixing for church is super dynamic. It requires a lot of attention, sort of just like you know, what we are just talking about in anticipation with not only just the music, but oh my gosh, um, people speaking, uh, different production kind of cues and things like that and um
1: yes so so mixing for church right is uh, is dynamic and requires a lot of attention uh, the anticipation is actually the key word right so like knowing what's next um you know in concerts um you know it's just your, your typical concerts, it's just, it's just the band, right? Um, the band typically does the transitions. Whereas in, in church services, you're often responsible to transition because you're coming mm-hmm. out of a band into a pastor speaking, into a video role, back into, yep. back into worship. And like, it's not just like, Oh, I'm going to meet this section. Oh, now I'm going to meet this section. Like, no, no, no. Like I'm riding DCAs.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I see that a lot. And I think, I forget which episode we talked about it on, but Gosh, uh, on one episode with my guest, we were talking about how, maybe it was with with Brian Maddox, um, where church work ends up actually, in, in some respects, ends up being a lot harder yes, than other 100%. live sound yes. things because it requires such a different set of tools, not just mixing wise, but like personality, uh, working with people relationship wise is different. But then also just from a sheer production point, often you're doing a lot more production with a lot less people and some that would rival like many tours, the yeah. amount of stuff they're doing. And you just sort of have to make it work and you learn as you can and as much as you can along the way. And you know, everybody wants to do it well. So,
1: yep. so mi- mixing in church is actually very like uh, some of the corporate stuff that I do now. Um, In that, you that's know, that's right. you
0: do do a lot of corporate stuff. Yeah,
1: now. yeah, yeah. Okay, we should
0: talk about IMS at some point.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, it's uh, a church service these days, at least in the non-denominational world, is a very, uh, a very scripted show. Uh, I keep calling it a show. I'm just because I because I do both. We know ch- what you mean. Sh- show yeah. work and, and service work. Um, but it's a very scripted service, right? You know, planning center. It's detailed down to the minute. Uh, it's it's a video role here. It's music here it's speech here back and forth it's not just you yep. know you know so like in the corporate world i'm not a, a mute mixer and by that i mean it's um almost never use my mutes it's always you know crossfades from you know, yep. when when someone's walking up on the a pastor or whoever's walking up on stage or the speaker, the presenter on the corporate show, like I'm I'm literally doing a fader transition, you know, whether it be on the individual channel or whether it be on the DCAs, right? Yep. Um and so like when the when the when the band's fading out, and the pastor's up there, like you know, you're, you're 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 massaging that to make sure again this goes back to we're not distracting, right? The yep. the band is there to create an atmosphere, you know, but there's the the speaking is the prominent thing. And then oh, and now we're into a video role and now we're back. Back out of that right so all of those transitions that's you know often a lot more dynamic than your typical rock and roll show
0: yeah you have to be a lot better at multitasking in order to do that and hit all these different cues usually from different people
1: mm-hmm. yeah and you you know this goes to you know paying attention like not just looking at your show flow but like you know paying attention to the stage and because a worship pastor may decide to be you know in the moment and you know repeat a verse or whatever. And so if you just expected to go right into pastor and you weren't looking and you just dumped the band, you've just lost that moment, you know? Uh, yeah. So you have to, you have to be watching and engaged. Um, and so, uh, you know, when I, you know, I, I review a lot of resumes uh, for where I work, um, for doing corporate AV. And w- when people have listed on their uh, church work of any fashion, um i I look highly upon that i mean it's not like uh it's not say instant winner, but like it's okay hey i've worked in church work my whole life. I know what goes into that you've you've probably done a little bit of every bit of tech. you probably know how to pay attention during the show. you probably know how things are going to be you know dynamic in the mix um you've had to deal with a lot of leers or headset mics and e q often probably horrible places um all like all of the things that translate that we do in the corporate world often are also in, in the church world as well. So it, 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 yeah. goes, it goes hand in hand really well.
0: Absolutely. I agree with you. I also enjoy when people, usually when people say they've been, they've worked in a church for a long time, um, it usually means they have a certain attitude about the work. And I always really appreciate that. I know they're not going to come in. Again, this is not, you know, batting a thousand, but for the most part, people who do work at churches or at for several years did it, will come in, much more humble they don't expect certain things they're not this big cocky you know What'sy who's it's they come in and they've got a good attitude and they just want to like help and and have fun and learn and i love that about them
1: yeah because most i mean most church workers are on a volunteer basis even if they get you know even if they get paid something it's often never a wage that you would normally get out there, either in the rock and roll or corporate world, right? So, like at, at a certain point, the core of what you're doing is because of the, the servanthood or volunteership or whatever. Like you believe in a cause or you just want to help out, right? And so, you're, you, yeah, you, you're right. Your work ethic at that point is typically done out of passion or love more so than, hey, I'm here to collect the paycheck.
0: Yeah. And to totally jump back to a comment you said, like in the middle of, of your statement, but um, about not muting. I love that. And I hate hearing something be unmuted in the the middle of a sentence because you missed a cue. It sounds so unnatural. And I can't think of anything that would be more distracting. Like always fade it in, fade it out uh, whenever possible. It sounds so much more natural.
1: Yeah. And a lot of that for me stemmed uh, from or... When I remember it is more from the corporate world. In rock and roll, corporate muting is not a big deal as much. Uh, right. in, in, in corporate, like, at, you know, when you have records or webcast, when you mm. start mute mixing, um, you're going to, it's going to be much more catastrophic, especially, you know, in the room, you might not hear the HVAC or whatever. Basically, you might not hear the noise floor in the PA, Um, but on the recording, for sure, you're going to hear the HVAC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if you start, you know, that's why even... You know, even using a Dugan uh, in corporate, uh, I have a a, a thing. A, it's a trick. It's nothing special. Um, but like, so let's say I have a panel of four or five people on stage, um, and if you have uh, and you have sometimes maybe a noisy environment, whether it's just HVAC or whatever, it's just there's just enough ambient noise around. If you have uh, the Dugan inserted on your whole panel, um, and if there is some moments of um, of no one talking, even a brief second, like it'll suck that life out because, you know, the Dugan's kind of clamping down on all of them uh, before it opens up. Oh, for those of
0: you that don't, that are listening right. that don't know, the Dugan is like um, an automatic, it's an, well, really, it's like an algorithm, but uh, it's an automatic mic mixer that basically lets, it's it's math that does kind of this automatic mixing for you. It's quite nice. Uh, lots of boards, digital boards are including them in the processing now, and you can, Pick someone who is like the host or who is leading it or who is the chair and they will have preference. And then when somebody else is speaking, it will turn the mic up. It's quite lovely. So that's what that is. That's what he says when he means Dugan. (laughs) Yes. That's a guy's name.
1: Yeah, your Mr. Dan Dugan, which I've actually met in person, which is kind of cool to Uh have actually met him. But um, yeah, so when I'm when I'm using the Dugan on a panel, uh, often what I'll do is I'll take the moderator and I'll have uh, I'll still have the Dugan inserted on all the channels, but I'll actually have it on bypass on at least one of the channels so that um, when the first when that when whoever I have it bypassed on, it still interacts with the rest. So if that person's still speaking, Mm -hmm. it's still ducking all the rest. But there's a consistent noise floor um that stays uh more for the recording than it is for the live room so that's a good idea yeah or sometimes i'll even add the lectern mic in on that dugan mix open it up just enough to keep the consistent noise floor there and then have the the dugan on the rest of them uh going uh again it's all about um yeah, it's all about just knowing that experience that if I'm listening to this in headphones or if I'm listening on a broadcast or records later, um, it's much more level of detail there than there is in the room. And so just because you can't hear something in the room doesn't mean it's not a recording. And in corporate, we're often responsible for all these other you know, recordings, feeds, destinations, webcast, And so you mm-hmm. have to be mindful of all of those. Uh, and just it's just a little extra tension to detail.
0: Yeah. And I also would make a suggestion to not do any Dugan or auto mic mixing on anything except voices. Um, I don't think you're going to have a good time with that. Nope. <laughs> Otherwise, it's really meant for like panels uh, or a couple of people who are speaking um, either at once or taking turns, things like that. Yeah, for sure. So, so we've brought it up just a little bit, but so, you, and I said in your bio, you work at IMS. For those of that don't know, what the heck is IMS and what do you do as an audio director?
1: So IMS, we are a, you know, corporate production company, right? So we do everything, uh, audio, video, lighting for, um, it could be conferences, um, it could be like commencements, pre- pretty much any type of meeting, corporate association, higher education, um, you know, a lot of talking head. Every now and then there's some rock and roll involved, like say there's like a gala and there's a band playing at the gala or an award show, there's a band playing. Um, so it, yeah, it's 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 everything but rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yep uh but no we're so we're, we're we're a nationwide company and uh so we do gigs all over the country you know it could be a meeting for you know 20 people or it could be a meeting for ten thousand people it really kind of runs the gamut um in corporate av so it's um it's, it's 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 interesting it's um you know it's it's not necessarily where i saw myself um you know uh, early on you know i i thought i would be doing rock and roll and touring for forever Um, but you know, um, life happens, life happens and, 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 and decisions get made and, uh, no, but it's, uh, I I love it. It's been a completely different experience of, um, I get to design a lot of systems. I get Mm -hmm. to, you know, I have a whole audio crew that works under me. I get to make purchasing decisions. Uh, it's Mm -hmm. a whole new life experience outside of just, just mixing a show for sure.
0: Yeah. It's a different, there's a lot of things to do in pro audio that people aren't aware of. And this is one of those like weird jobs that you can do and still get that thrill and be building something and making something, even though it doesn't exactly look like the cover of a magazine or, or what have you, it's still important work. So with that, like, so you're the director of audio, correct? What does that, what does that look like more for you? You said you do a little bit of design work.
1: Well, yeah, it, it's a lot. Um, <laughs> it, it's you know, like the whole like, hey, what's a typical day? Um, you know, so it's everything. It's everything from I still actually go yeah, out. Pre-COVID. And, and, yeah,
0: pre-COVID. Yeah, what did it look like? Yeah, yeah,
1: of course. <laughs> um, it, it's uh, you know, I still go out and tech shows from here, here and there. Whether it's just a high-profile show that I, that I need to do, uh, or we just need to kind of fill a gap. Uh, you know, I still like to go out and travel and do shows, so I, I got to keep my chops up. Um, my, you know, primary function is I run the department. So what that means is I have, you know, um, eight or so, uh, audio techs, uh, you know, technically under me, uh, that I manage, you know, so everything from, you know, staffing them and putting them on shows, uh, to training them, um, and, and checking in on them, uh, I make purchasing decisions, you know, each year we make, you know, buy new gear. So I have to research gear and purchase gear. Um, I help our production managers, uh, spec shows. Um, so they'll come to me and say, Hey, we have X number of size general session in some ballroom somewhere. And then I jump into Vectorworks, which is like a a 3d drawing program. And Mm -hmm. I'll I'll map out and make sure that like the coverage patterns are going to work and spec how many speakers they need on the show. I'll have to go on site visits sometimes with them and measure a ballroom or talk to a client. Um, and uh you know labor and staffing is a big deal of what i do you know we you know we can't hire or hire full time the amount of text we need full time so you know i hire hundreds and hundreds of freelancers all across the country mm-hmm. so i probably spend at least 50% of my time um fulfilling shows of uh reaching out to freelancer hey are you available for these dates hey can you work for this rate hey Man, here's the a lot. G- yeah here's the gear and then, and then like write a po and 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 follow up with them and send them the vector works diagram and uh but I, you know it's it's been a um the, the labor side of things has been very interesting, and it's, it's allowed me to connect with a lot of people across the country. Uh, some people I've never met. Uh, in fact, I would venture to say most I've never actually met in person um but i i've spent very uh, a lot of time heavily networking over the past couple of years and uh because at the drop of a hat i i you know if somebody's not available I, I need the next person the next person sometimes i need three four people in the same city you know in phoenix uh on a drop of a dime and uh it's mm-hmm. a it's it's a yeah it's way I definitely spend less time doing audio than I do than I do spending <laughs> doing audio, but you know it's, it's still audio really. I'm still designing systems, you know. And I still get the chance yeah. to get out there and scratch my itch and, 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 and mix a show or stuff like that.
0: Very cool. So, kind of with that, I'm sure you've worked with with tough clients, and I think this would be interesting for the listeners as well. You know, doesn't have to be the the phrasing clients, but working with tough people who we may not get along with. Or we may have differences of opinions or, you know, attitude problems. Let's go into that a little bit. I'm sure you've had your your fill of of tough clients.
1: Yes, um, that is true. Uh, you know, especially in the corporate world, it can be difficult. Um, uh, you know, I was very fortunate in the rock and roll world. Uh, most of the artists that I got to work with um, where some may have had an ego or whatever that you're still able to manage things. Right. So I, I didn't really hit too many walls in the rock and roll world. Although um, I learned very early on um, dealing with politics on touring, right. There's definitely a lot of uh, touring politics of just, you know, there's relationships between tour manager and production manager, and uh, if you piss off one, you've pissed off a lot of other people, or vice versa. So, so you know, sometimes saving face is, is helpful. Um, but in the in the corporate world, you know, you know, there's a lot of that mentality of like the client's always right right and so uh you know a client might walk in and be like ah you know what i want this whole room turned you know 90 degrees Mm. you know and we're two hours before the show and you're just like oh you know it's like "Ah." (laughs) you know and it's like okay you know and um no so it's it you know you definitely um that you learn over time for sure or or you don't and you don't make it um how to how to manage relationships and speak to people. Um, You know, one of the hardest things when I'm hiring freelancers is, look, I don't care if you can mix your butt off. I need to know whether when the CEO of this Fortune 500 you know company comes up, uh, whether you can speak to him and put a lavalier microphone through his shirt, mm-hmm. his or her shirt, um, and do it with confidence and speak to them, and you know not look completely disheveled and, and carry a conversation, or if right. you can uh, run a crew. Of, you know, 10, 15 people or plus, you know, on this massive production, like being able to communicate to people what you need to get done in a, in a uh, and not come off um, uh, very arrogant or pompous or uh, whatever, like that is a big deal. You know, this is if you've spent any amount of time in this industry, you realize very quickly how small this world is. Uh, and oh, people goodness. are going to remember you when you come back to that city, um, or to back to that venue in, in how you were dealt. And, you know, one of the things that I noticed, um, early on like I feel we at IMS have a very good reputation and like so when our cases roll in like people have a level of expectation like oh today is going to be a good day we're working with IMS and that's everything from Mm. the level of gear we keep to our attitudes to all of that like people over and over again tell us this is not just me this is our whole company right i'm very proud of who i work with um you know like there's we're all team players like these relation i i can't express enough how relationships matter um, it's
0: there's trust yes. you're trustworthy
1: yeah I, I i would like you know back kind of the higher thing both from a full-time freelance standpoint like again no matter amount of no matter amount of um amount of um, um no amount of um uh, uh, model numbers that you can rattle off to me or or consoles that you've mixed up. I, I don't care about any of that if you can't speak to me or speak to other people like decent human beings uh or with respect regardless of whatever is going on
0: mm-hmm.
1: y- you're you're not you're not gonna last you know uh it's it's everything
0: yeah and that easily, easily transfers into like house of worship and services and things like that, especially because, uh, people take church stuff a lot more personally. It's like an extension of their home. And if you are not up to snuff, you stand out and it's, they don't forget, like, you know, people are forgiving, but if you're a huge jerk, like these people who mostly volunteer a lot of their time mm-hmm. are not going to want to be around you. And that's, that's a big deal. It's not like, you know, at least with corporate, there's a lot of money flying around, but they're, these people are here out of the goodness of their hearts because they feel like it, not because, you know, anybody deserves to be anywhere. And so being able to have that respect, earn the respect uh from them being trustworthy and having a customer service mindset will take you really, really far in this industry, like regardless of your discipline.
1: Yeah. And I think so, you know, circling back to the church world a little bit. um, I think something, and I know this is, you know, this podcast probably more for the audio professionals in this industry, but like a message that I would give to um, maybe worship directors is there needs to be some grace for people who, especially in the volunteer world who don't do this for a living Right. Um, And so the level of expectation of what you're trying to create on a Sunday morning um, or whatever day you worship um, is you know there needs to be a level of expectation of like hey these these volunteers are doing this out of the goodness of their heart like they are trying to execute their best you may have a mix of of professionals and non-professionals um and there's just there's just gonna be imperfections it's just Mm -hmm. how you manage those things and if you don't treat those people with grace uh when the the, when things do go bad because things are gonna go wrong um even to the best of us um it it it, it matters It it really does
0: Yeah. And when it comes right down to it, working with with tough people or people you don't get along with, it comes down to having grace, mutual respect, and open communication. And that's easier said than done sometimes. But with those three things, you can pretty much get over any problem that might come along, aside from, I mean, hey, even a huge piece of broken gear, you might be able to get by to a certain point if you have these three things. Because it's when you lose one of those legs of the stool that everything else begins to break down and things only get harder. Like I've worked with a lot of people in churches who, uh, we're not cool. Like I don't want to hang out with them outside of the building, Mm -hmm. but I'm not, I'm going to do everything in my power to not let them know that. And I'm going to never look like I've like visibly, you know, (laughs) hate them or whatever. I'm going to get through the job professionally, do it as best I can and try to, communicate and that be the end of it. And, you know, again, have grace and not be rude. And can you imagine what the world might look like if we all had a little bit of that, (laughs) Uh, some grace, some respect and some communication? My goodness.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's funny. I, I, I look back, both on on thinking about this episode in terms of like we haven't actually talked anything very super technical, right? And 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 yeah. and that's for a reason. I th- I thought about that going into this episode, and and if you've listened to the Signals and Noise podcast, you you know uh you will get this theme too. The more I think about it, like um you know M- Michael, you know the other host of the of the podcast, mm-hmm. he he has a very technical angle, right? And I like to speak very much on the. The, the human side, the experience side, the passion side, right? Like, yeah. I, I, I truly believe that, um, you know, the mixing is only a sliver of what it is that we're actually doing. Um, you know, the, 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 the passion behind what it is that we're doing, uh, especially in church. Like, if you don't have a passion or desire to want to do this, go go do something else go go you be a park... go
0: make a lot more money someplace well no no, no no,
1: but even with the, even, even the church like go be a parking lot attendant go help in the kids ministry go somewhere else yeah, but like but like if, if if you don't have a desire to actually have a passion for it you know it's probably not the right space for you and i would say the same thing for non-church world as as well like like if you're just here uh to collect a paycheck um to do this corporate gig or to do this rock and roll gig, like move along there are people like myself or others who like it literally almost to a fault is is my passion and there's almost nothing else i want to do but to do sound and 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 create an environment for people and do all these things the technical side of things like i don't have to be the best mixer um Mm -hmm. to have all of that stuff come into fruition to help create an experience to be in tune with the show like uh the you know the the service like those things um Yes. Does it help if I'm a very good technical person? Sure. And and I'm not not discrediting the technical side of this, but like the relationship side, the experience side, the passion side, all those things to me far outweigh the technical side of things.
0: To me, you can learn the technical aspects. It might be hard, but you can learn it. But the people and the human pieces of it. Uh, that's a much more difficult path to go down. If you don't, if you don't get like walk, either walk in with the right attitude or you don't just like have that innate ability to, you know, be another human with, with a human. Uh, it it makes all the difference. I totally agree with you. I think the world needs Michael's. Uh, (laughs) but if everybody were Michael, And this is no offense to Michael. If everybody were Michael, we'd all kill each other. (laughs) Um, Like it would be, (laughs) it would be humanity is not homogenous. We can't do anything like that, which is why, again, it's so important. You know, when we do work with somebody who we don't get along with, because, you know, that could be a really technical person doesn't like somebody who is super spiritual because they have a hard time. The technical person has a hard time, like literally connecting with the spiritual person, but you have to get past that. Like, that is everything. And to what you were saying, if we all have the passion for doing this, like, we'll put the work in. Right. We absolutely. are very lucky to get to do what we do in any capacity. And if you don't love it to death, like, go do something else because there are a lot of other people wanting to get into this uh, with a very finite amount of jobs. Yep. Especially absolutely. right now.
1: So, <laughs> that's truth.
0: So one of uh, the final topics we kind of wanted to talk about was um, we're almost kind of like going full circle here. It's going back to this relationship between uh, the musicians and the worship director and the mixer. But can we talk a little bit more about dealing with the rotation of these musicians week to week? And it kind of also goes back to that consistency problem. You know, how do we. How do we keep a good relationship between the worship director and and, and us or we the mixers or technical people part 1 and then two uh all these different levels of musicians intermingling with each other
1: Sure yeah so you know the at least for again the church that I'm at um it's you know we have four or five different drummers maybe you know 10 different vocalists and but on each week it obviously is only one drummer uh there's only maybe three vocalists right so it's just you know whoever's available we set a schedule right so it's just it's not even like there's an a band b band a c band it's just it's it's all in a which in some ways is fun right like you get this different experience every time um a lot of it really goes back to we talked about this personality right it's so um mm-hmm. if if someone if someone is an experience with in-ears, you know, it's their first time being able to um uh you know, coach them through uh the tweaks that they need to make either on their AVOMs or on you know on the console side, and they might not know what they need to hear, right? And so you have to kind of massage that and have experience of knowing what, what it is they probably need to hear, mm-hmm. what they're describing, right? Um, you know, not being afraid to coach someone, especially, you know, I think some of the hardest times is typically with vocalists um you know someone maybe is just you know not holding the mic close enough uh or Mm -hmm. maybe positioning on stage you know if someone's not holding the mic very close uh and they're standing two feet in front of the drum kit let's talk about cymbal bleed right (laughs) so let's 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 talk to worship hey can we maybe rearrange the stage a little bit um so I, i think a lot of it boils back down to like relationship and being able to um you know, know know the quality you're trying to get, uh, know the sound you're trying to get. And then, you know, if you can make some adjustments to do it, great. Uh sometimes that means going up on stage and actually moving a microphone, God forbid.
0: Oh my <laughs> god. Um uh,
1: you know, uh it's you know, um the other thing too is uh just you know, sometimes accepting um, uh, you know, you, you you might not be satisfied with the way something sounds, you know, and but at the end of the day, like especially in church more than anything, like look, you know, there's there's a level of understanding of like these, these are not a bunch of, you know, multi million dollar musicians up on stage, right? Everybody's here for one purpose, for for one goal. Uh we're here we're here to worship. Um and uh and, and, and they we're not worried about perfection. You know, if if your soul thing is about perfection, um, you're gonna be dissatisfied. I don't care who you are. I don't know how big of a church you are, how good of mm. musicians you are. If if your goal is perfection, you're doing it wrong. Um, I mean, you
0: could say that about life. Yeah, like if yeah. you're gonna, aiming for perfection, you're going to have a bad time.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, no, I think it's 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 all about open dialogue. It's about being in tune. I It's 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 like it's a, it's a mix of everything we talked about, right? Like you need to know the music that you're going into, and to, like, look, that'd be the same thing. Like if you went out to work with, you know, name any band. And you're ready to go on tour with them if you don't listen to their album a few times before going out and work with them
0: you're
1: you're doing something wrong right so we have to put the same work in when we're working at a church like regardless of whether you're gonna listen like look there's plenty of bands on my list of resume that i don't listen to on a daily basis um but for you you better believe that when i was going to go out on tour with them i was listening to their music and I, i can you have to be able to put yourself in that moment um and put yourself into that track into that experience and deliver upon that you know what i mean like mm-hmm. so where we're, we're we we are here to do, to deliver uh, an experience or to um and not get, get in the way of that right like the artist the worship band or whatever they have intentions of like hey we want to translate x experience it is our job to deliver that the way that they want to do that and so if you're not in tune with what it is that they want to deliver you're not going to accomplish the goal
0: yeah, absolutely. And I would say, I think we both mentioned it earlier, being able to talk to the music, to the musicians themselves. And even if you're not quite comfortable with doing that yet, or if you're not a musician, so you don't know quite how to articulate it, having that conversation with the worship pastor or the worship director, or at least, you know, a worship leader and saying, hey, this is what it sounds like. Uh, you know, you don't have to say it over at the monitors or over at the intercom or anything. You can go up to them and say, hey, this is what it sounds like. Yeah. Would you mind having a conversation with blah, blah, blah about yada, 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 and then get it fixed like or write a note. <laughs> um, just making sure that, hey, this is what I'm hearing. FYI
1: yeah a very uh so uh, an actual technical way of dealing with sometimes is multi tracking your services right oh um yeah. so whether you know even if you don't do virtual sound checks if you multi track these services uh, because you know look, if, the, if the if your worship director is actually the one leading worship, uh, they might not be able to hear all these nuances and all these things that you're hearing uh it's going to be very apparent when they hear back at multi track if someone is not holding their own or doesn't have a good mic technique, or whatever. Um, uh, also, be careful because it could also show your problems as well. Uh- yeah, if you
0: want to <laughs> humble a singer, um, just like go and play them their track <laughs> from from the recording or whatever. I mean, my goodness, uh, every like scent that they are off is noticeable when you solo that bad boy so yeah
1: yeah yeah and you know look it it's you know it also makes a difference on you know um a lot of churches have very shallow stages like the i mean the one i'm in with a very shallow stage one of the the hardest things i have to deal with is simile bleed in the in the vocal microphones um and so you have a shield um we've gone back and forth from a shield to doing like the discs and i think they've actually even most recently are are trying to get one of those like full-on fish tanks um mm-hmm. so um uh it's it you know it goes back and forth um it's i've found even with the shield even with you know there's still just there's just distance involved right we have a very shallow stage at, at our place um and so playing with different mic capsules is a big difference um and uh you know Look, I'll, I'll throw out a free uh, a free a free rec- recommendation here. Mike Reynolds dot uh, You can like get this like bucket of capsules. Right. Um, and you could try out a bunch of different capsules uh, on your wireless mics right for like a weekend and go oh does this beta 87 or does this ksm-9 or this what you know name your flavor dpa whatever like Mm -hmm. how do these actually work in my world and then go invest in that microphone like you know there are there's still some science involved in this you know this it's not just it's not just the vocalist you know it's not just your your distance between the symbols like you know pattern you know pickup patterns on microphone matter um and so that's something that
0: yeah yeah the electrical components inside of microphones matter like if they all sounded the We wouldn't have so many different kinds, so yeah all right here we're here at the final question. I hope you've been thinking about it. What is the funniest or weirdest thing you've seen happen during a service or a show to give you a couple of a couple of the hits I've had so far? We've had a guitarist falling through the stage uh we've had somebody slamming their head against a huge cross um uh, we've had somebody uh ripping their own guitar pack out uh mid song um what else have we had um you know rf problems we've had a gaggle so did any of those did it ignite anything
1: crickets um hold on
0: <laughs> like um. do you want me to I, like okay so on with fantasia Barino. oh okay did anything weird happen with fantasia or funny
1: all right. Well, so yes, I'll call myself out uh, on this right. one with, with, with Fantasia. Uh, <laughs> probably one of my the the experiences that I've learned from the most, sort of, uh, well, you know, in live shows is uh, so we're in we're in Fantasia's uh, hometown, which is uh Greensboro, North Carolina, uh, on her birthday, right? And like mm. you know, somewhat fresh off of winning American Idol, you know, it's, it's a big deal for her, right? Yep. And you know, band starts the show, and and and, and she, you know, I was I was the sister some tech stage patch guy right i hand her her microphone she walks out on stage you know typically we'd say like you know hello whatever city greensboro where we were and she starts saying it and her mouth is moving and no one hears her
0: <laughs> and Aww.
1: it was it was at that moment i was like oh boy I forgot to turn the microphone on. Uh. <laughs> and I had to run out on stage, uh, quickly take it turn from her. On, Sorry take it from her. Oh, let me turn this on. Let me power lock her real quick. Okay, here you go. Um, I have never forgotten to power lock or turn on a microphone since. So.
0: Oh, man. Man, that's funny.
1: But that was that was that was a long time ago. That was like 2004, I was gonna, that had to been 2005.
0: 2000, yeah, I was going to say. That's always the scariest moment. That's what everybody's always worried about is like you could get everything set up perfectly and you still don't know if it's going to work on downbeat. Absolutely. Oh, live sound.
1: Yes, power, power lock your microphones. Power, uh, the, yeah, yes.
0: you heard it here. Power lock your microphones. But then also don't forget to turn them off when finished. I have one shirt um, that... They uh, don't use rechargeables, so I'm already kind of like, okay, they have a bucket where they throw them every Sunday. It's got to be like, I'm not joking, like easily a hundred pound bucket full of AA A batteries that are partially used. And I wish that they would either move to rechargeables or we could like somehow transfer all of that energy into like other batteries <laughs> and have less but full batteries, if that makes sense, because it well, just seems so wasteful.
1: Well, it's wasteful, but I was. What I would say, I've seen we've done this, and I would say what you could do with that is you use the semi-charged ones for rehearsals because if it it dies in rehearsals, it's not the end of the world, uh, and that way you're still being a little bit more um, fruitful or whatever. uh, Fruit, sorry, frugal. I would never use a partially used one uh,
0: for a service, but it's like, dang! Like, you think about how many you know electrons are charged in this bucket. And what we could probably do with it, I don't know. No, there, I'm, I'm pro rechargeable.
1: There's there's a saying in uh, in corporate, or at least I was told this a long time ago, batteries are cheap, clients are not. Uh, and uh, I so, mean, yeah. <laughs> so you know, we, you know, I'm not afraid to change batteries multiple times. You know, and uh, you know, the the cost of a you know couple dollar battery is not worth you know a multi million dollar client. So
0: yeah, when I'm at especially at a corporate show where I know there's like so much money being thrown around. I just like throw the dead, but I have a huge pile. I don't care if I've used them for five minutes. I'm like, Oop, these are dead as far as I'm concerned. So like when I'm in it, I'm like, yeah, these like, you know, I got to, I'm done with them. But then looking back, it's like, yeah, that was a bucket of batteries. <laughs> uh, you know, the hippie in me is like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for joining me, Chris. Chris can be found on most major social media platforms. You're like on Facebook and uh, LinkedIn. You're on Instagram yeah uh, I mean, just, all right. Do you have Snapchat? Like?
1: Nope. Nope. I'll stay away from that.
0: <laughs> That's probably fine. Uh, and you can also find them on the Signal to Noise podcast. That is on all major podcast platforms, isn't it? Yes. So go check them out. If you haven't already heard the Signal to Noise podcast, I highly recommend it. You guys are at over 50 episodes at this point, correct?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I think we're getting close to 60. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Man, time flies. So go check them out. And again, thank you, Chris, so much. I've always enjoyed our conversations.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's been a good time.
0: Church Sound Podcast is part of the ProSound Web Podcast Network, and I'm Samantha Potter. Thanks for tuning in and have an amazing service this week.